Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletic Show. Now, here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of The Insiders. Tim Fitzgerald from Go Power Cat. Brian Hanley, our Go Power Cat football analyst and his own YouTube site, Big B Sports. Glenn Kinley from Topeka 27. And he's back in the hospital. Um, <laughs> and Tim Everson, our good buddy from the Manhattan Mercury. Uh, and uh, I just want to be upfront with everyone. Uh, there's a chance you're going to get sick watching this, not because of the information, but we are all fighting the same cold. It's that, not good, man. I, the inside, the insiders might actually be in a hospital soon. I, I'm telling you what, shit. I, I don't know how science works, but I'd never thought you could transmit a, a cold <laughs> across through, through the stream, across yard. stream yard. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I know a lot of you, you are here to hear our thoughts on the Naquan Tomlin situation. Uh, and we will certainly get to that. We're going to bury the lead a little bit, as we say, in the newsroom and uh, actually talk about K-State sports outside of of this horrific situation to start things off. And, and I do want to start things off with uh, kind of tied into that is the fact that, fellas, I was blown away by how well-prepared and focused Kansas State was at LSU on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was an impressive performance. It was one, it was an all-around good performance. And you can say, well, it's LSU. LSU was favored by two and a half points, and then it was three and a half points at at uh, tip-off, which tells me the money was coming in on LSU because everyone, including myself, expected there to be some kind of ill effects from you know the distractions of what's going on in the K-State campus. Uh, but Tim, there wasn't. There, there just wasn't. They went out there and got the job done. Uh, and when LSU made a nice push in the second half, they pushed back. It was it looked like Jerome Ting basketball. Yeah, it was really good to see, and it was interesting to kind of look at. I, I of course, was not down in Baton Rouge. None of us were uh, here, but uh, it, it was interesting to kind of see some of the quotes that, that, that came out after the game, and uh, he mentioned his leaders. He mentioned that, you know, this was a team that was devoid of, of leadership um when when the season started you know Jerome Tang famously you know had an application out for 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 leadership and has been waiting uh patiently for someone to fill it and it seems like he's gotten uh, not just one someone but but multiple someones to really kind of buy in and and kind of fill that role of kind of making everyone around them better and kind of getting everyone kind of attuned to to where they need to be and uh super promising i mean it's 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 what they need uh you know going into the uh 
the, the perils of, of Big 12 play here in a couple weeks. Well, it's finals week at K-State, so they're not active until next Sunday when um, Nebraska, right, comes to town. Man, it's just it, it's hard to focus on the actual games with everything going on. But, Brian, that was a good performance. Uh, Cam Carter playing 15, 14 miles from home. Uh, man, that, that guy's so improved over the course of a season. It's absolutely yeah. stunning. But Arthur Kaluma Luma uh, continues to play really good basketball. Yeah, absolutely. Those two guys kind of set the tone. But it's kind of what you mentioned is I was so excited by the way that they started the game. Because usually when there's some sort of distraction, a team will come out distracted, especially because LSU was hot. I mean, they were making shots at the beginning of the game. And you think, okay, sometimes a team, a little distraction can get down 8, 10, 12 points. And that did not happen. And K-State just fought. They were making shots. They took control of the basketball game. And when LSU made their run, K-State just said, no, not today. We, we got too much. We, we are the better basketball team. And we are going to show you that we are the better basketball team. And sometimes it just it takes that. You know, yeah. it, it's, got, it's big time college basketball. Everybody makes a run. Yeah. You know, everybody, unless you're just absolutely overblown and outclassed, everybody's going to make a run at some point. LSU made theirs. K-State said, nope, we're just better. Um, I thought it was great. It's a good road win. Again, I'm not sure how good LSU is uh, and, and is going to be by the end of the season, uh, but a road win against a Power 5 school, mm-hmm. yeah, you'll take that all day, every day. Glenn, we talk about Arthur Kaluma. We talk about Tyler Perry. We talk about Cam Carter. Damn it, we need to talk about Will McNair more. Yeah. This dude's a revelation. That was the late pickup, and he wasn't playing at Mississippi State. And he comes in here, and he looks highly effective, impressive. Yeah. Um, he's yeah. been a he's been a huge addition. He looks like a solid big man. I, I have to put foot in mouth on this one because I was listening to the radio call with my dad during one of their first games of the season, and Will McNair checks in, and my dad said, who's this guy? And I said, ah, uh, he he's not going to play much. He won't I didn't think much. he would. And I think he came in that game and went five for five from the field or something like that. But, uh, yeah, he's been really solid. He's been efficient. And I, I think you listen to Jerome Tang talk, it sounds like he, he wants to be even better. So while the fan yeah. reaction was almost – oh, he's this good? Jerome Tang's reaction was, he should be this good. It was almost like fans were surprised he was that good, and Jerome Tang was surprised he wasn't even better. Um, So I think Tang has high expectations for him. I think if he can rebound the ball better, if he can probably – he looks really good on offense, and he's official on offense, but if he can get defensive stops too – uh, he look he's kind of an old-fashioned big man in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, and it, it's uh, a lot of ways fun to watch. And I think what we're seeing is K-State just has a, a bunch of different guys at that big spot. We'll get into the Tomlin stuff later. They don't have him, but they have Jarrell Colbert, and they have Will McNair, and then David Gasson shows flashes. So we're still trying to figure out kind of which of them are going to be the go-to guy and, and who's going to play what role, which of them are going to be on the court together. But Will McNair, I think it's probably fair to say, has been a pleasant surprise. Welcome to everyone watching right now. Um, we've got, what, 326 in here. And I did uh, just get a text, but thanks, Fitz. Someone asked me if I was actually in the hospital checking in on me. So yeah, no, yeah. He's just kidding. I'm he in is. my living room. He is. No, he's in the hospital. <laughs> in fact, we're going to we're gonna change his title, Glenn Kinley, Stormont Vale. <laughs> um, look, if you're just tuned in, uh, this is The Insiders. Make sure you're following our channel. Hit the thumbs up if you're enjoying the conversation. Leave some comments. We're going to get to some of that. 
Uh, and we're doing something radical here at the top of the show. We're going to talk about K-State sports. We're going to get into football a little bit. Uh, in the second half of the show, we're going to throw it open to what uh, could be uh, very interesting. Because I I don't believe I've talked to any of you three about the Quantama situation. So I don't know what your answers will be. And we'll get into all that um, a little bit later. But if you enjoy hearing about K-State sports, we're going to continue to do that. Um, but, but back to Will McNair, let me just say this. He runs pretty well for a guy of his size. We've seen him step out and hit the three-pointer. Uh, I understand what Jerome Tang is saying by I think he's got more to offer, but I just want to say, well, he's already offering more than we yeah. expected. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's been <laughs> impressive, um, and it's given them another you know interior player, uh, uh, the type of player they didn't have last year, someone that can really body up. I mean, if if they do have to go against one of those you know seven foot plus guys that gave him troubles last year. They now have someone to, you know, put an elbow in his back and forearm back there and play ball. So I think it's very encouraging. Uh, I feel like this team, this will tie what we're going to talk about together uh, in a little bit. Uh, but I feel like this team rallied around its head coach, Tim Everson. Um, and I, I felt like this almost motivated this team. Um, it's us against, you know, everyone, even though it's not. But you've got to feel that way if you're a player. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that uh, it it it's incredible to kind of see the 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 leadership that that Jerome Tang provides to to K State fans. Uh, even even when that video was put out before the statement that came later, uh, that was that seemed to immediately have kind of a unifying uh, vibe to it, even though things had not changed. I mean, it it. it there was a calm that set over. So I, 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 I have to imagine that when that kind of power that he has is one done on a more personal level and, and mm -hmm. with a smaller group, I'm sure that it is. I, 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 I was surprised that they were as together as they were. And yet I, I'm not surprised just because that's just what we've seen. We've seen that that is uh, one of Jerome Tang's superpowers is to, to be able to kind of pull that out of, of people, whether it's, it's his players or whether it's the students or, or whatever. He, he, he's just a guy that can reach you on, on that level. And it, it, it's impressive. And I'm wondering too, if the, the distraction that was there was almost a way for these guys to, they, to quit thinking they couldn't think because they were thinking about so many other things. A, a weird example here, but my dad told me a story that he ran cross country and he, he got stung by a bee mid race he said he ran one of his best races because he was so busy thinking about that pain and is he going to be okay and all this stuff that he wasn't thinking about the pace he was running or who he was keeping up with or how far he was into the race. I'm wondering if that's where this team was at. They couldn't think about all these. They couldn't overthink the game because they right. had too much other stuff going through their mind. They just had to go out and play. And we've talked about it before with Tyler Perry specifically, but maybe for all these guys and for Cam going home, they just went out and played and because they didn't have any other choice because if they thought too much, they were going to drive themselves crazy. And that's what it looked like. It just looked like a bunch of good basketball players who went out and hooped. So um, there's there's a viewer named Avery. I don't think it's the, the <laughs> Avery that we... Well, we don't know for sure. We don't know. This could be his burner. He's, he's asking a basketball question here, and it's a valid one. Why can't David Gasson make free throws right now? 
Fellas, it's it, he is so effective in the low post and late game situations. He makes himself available for those interior passes. He lays them in, scores, scores. We've seen it all, all season. But if he can't, I think it was zero for six on Saturday. If you can't make those free throws, you can't right. be on the court at the end of the game. No, yeah, it's a problem. It's a yeah. problem right now because teams will take advantage of that. They yeah. they just will. That's that's what they do. And because, you know, just like you said, Fitz, those late game passes that he's available for, people will just take the fouls. They'll just take the fouls and say, earn it at the line. We're not giving you anything free. And I think it's it's so early in the season right now that, you know, teams are not necessarily doing that. But you get into conference play, they're going to start doing that kind of stuff. So maybe it's a mental block thing for him right this second because we know he wasn't that bad last year, yep. but he's got to start making these free throws. He He's just got to start making them. Um, I know everybody, the cliche is, oh, it's free. I, I mean, look, it, it, free throws are not the easiest shot on the yeah. basketball court, regardless of what people try to say. It is not the easiest shot on the court. However, you got to be better than over six. You, you mm-hmm. just have to be able to be better for a oh, 50% is bad, but yeah. if at least if you can be 50%, you're helping over six, you're not helping or, yeah. or anything under 50%. You're not helping at that point. He's everything get, he has the bookie treatment where they just follow everything yeah. on the floor and then they yeah. go to step to bench him. Correct. Yeah, I, I mean, everything looks all right too. That's what's strange. It's yeah. not like he's got this dysfunctional shooting form. Nope. Um, he doesn't. I, I just think, I honestly think in a, in a week it, in practice they can right, solve this right, because right. I think it's now become the yips. Uh, it's a mental thing. Yeah. Absolutely I, fits. Yeah, but once you lose faith that that ball's going in the hole, and I think we're seeing it with Tyler Perry too. You know, we start thinking, I don't know, this is going in. It if it goes in, it was luck. I mean, you're going to yeah. miss that shot unless you get a good bounce or something. Yeah, one it's thing a mental thing for I him did, at this point for sure. Well, the one thing that I can remember from my playing days is you start guiding the ball yep. versus shooting the ball. And people may ask, well, what is that? Well, it's kind of what Fitz said. It's hoping that it's going in, but you're not shooting. Your your motion is not the same. It's not it's, – it looks the same, but it isn't the same. You're kind of shot-putting the ball up there. You don't follow through. You don't get the same amount of arc. You are just guiding the ball and throwing it up there, not without the same rotation – and I see that a little bit with Kassan and Perry, both of them. They're just kind of wishing. I think Perry made the shot against Villanova. Shots, if the game's on the line. I'm shooting the basketball to make it. Didn't have time to think. It lay, earlier in the game, you have a little bit more time to think about stuff like that. Game on the line, you don't. And I think that's the big difference. We could talk a lot more about Kansas State basketball, but they are off this week till Sunday. Home game Sunday. It would nice be nice to see... Bramlage packed, I believe, 2 p.m. Kip, tip on that kick. Man, <laughs> God, I'm having problems with the transition. Um, and then uh, they will go to Kansas City a week from this upcoming Thursday to play the Shockers um, at uh, forever known as the Sprint Center in my heart, but now called T-Mobile Center. Um, so uh, two fun games, two regional games, exactly the kind of games I, for the past, I don't know how many years, 20 years, have been preaching this is what K-State needs to schedule. You yeah. schedule schools around you that you have some history with and play them every damn year. Have more interesting games in the non-conference. So thank you. Thank you to Jerome Tang and his staff and Bruce Weber at the end, taking care of the Wichita State contract for starting to make this happen and and uh, understanding that this is important. This yeah. is cool. 
as we close on Wildcat basketball, I think really, I think people wrote them off pretty early. It, the resume isn't bad. They, they have two losses. Correct me if I'm wrong. Two losses, both to ranked teams. Yep. They got a win over Providence. They got a win over Villanova. And now they got a win over LSU. So you got to, and I'm not saying those three wins are, you know, those, those aren't massive wins, but they're competent wins. They're not Central Arkansas, you know. And so right. you got two losses to ranked teams and three wins over decent teams. Right. And and it's something to build off of for sure. I think I think they're going to be just fine. Villanova yeah. hit a, a rough patch, a rough patch, I should say. But that Villanova win by the end of the year is going to be a good Great. basketball win. That's a that's a talented team. Yes, uh, I thought K State played outstanding in that game. They did. Um, I don't feel like they caught Villanova on a bad night. Maybe they did. That's the good version of them. But they had just lost to what's uh, St. Peter's and I can't remember who yeah. else. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Um, okay, yeah, football, football. Yep. Colin Klein in. Uh, Texas at Texas A&M. There's been a report out that um, they attempted to steal Avery Johnson with Colin Klein. And talking to my sources, I, I don't believe that to be true. So I want to kind of um, untie that one. I, I I think that was just something that got some legs, but it's not sure. true. They made no effort on Avery um, out of respect, and you know, plus they've got some pretty good quarterbacks in that in their own room. Um, Connor Riley's on board. Uh, to be at least the bowl offensive coordinator, Brian Hanley. He will call the plays uh, uh, in the Pop-Tarts Bowl, I'm told, while eating Pop-Tarts, which is, I think, a brilliant <laughs> marketing piece. Um, we couldn't understand Coach's play call because his mouth was full. Um, and the indications are he will be at least part of the offensive coordinator equation. Maybe they'll hire a quarterback coaches. You know, one of them's the co-offense coordinator and the other's an offense coordinator. But for the bowl game, Brian, Brian Hanley, we will see Connor Riley, an offensive line coach, calling plays as a former offensive lineman. Does that change how an offensive coordinator would look at the game? You know, sometimes clearly it does. Sometimes it absolutely does. They look at it from a more um, a running slash protection, right. um, you know, perspective. So a lot of things you know, sometimes can be a little bit closer to the vest, should we say. Uh, but hopefully that's not the case because this right. is a bowl game. We need to just empty the playbook. Whatever the last play in the playbook that we've only practiced one time, we need to call that play in this bowl game. Hmm. So, you know, yep. uh, but that you're right, Fitz. A lot of times when you get an offensive coordinator uh, that comes in that was a former offensive line coach, at least initially it becomes more about – Let's run the football. Let's make sure that we we protect. Uh, a lot of times, max protect, so you only get two, maybe three guys out in a pattern. But I think we should go the other way with this thing. I, I think K-State's got to play loose. I think K-State, play smart, but got to right. play loose. Just let it all hang out and let the chips fall where they may. Uh, and if he wants to get the job, I think that's the kind of game that he's going to need to call because – we have a really, really dynamic quarterback that's going to be out there. So what? let the kid do his thing. What's his name? I've never, I didn't know that. <laughs> he's in the chat. Oh, he's in the chat. <laughs> um, that's that's his cousin, Moonlight. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see it. But Connor Riley can't be conservative, Tim Everson. He can't. Um, if, if he's conservative in the bowl game, everyone will be like, uh, that's not yeah. what we're looking for." Exactly. Um, and with Avery Johnson back there i would think there would be a desire to spread the field a little bit mm -hmm. spread out the defense and you know throw it around because he can and then run it 
And that's mm-hmm. that's when the quarterback run game is at its best, not particularly lining up and saying, hey, we're going to run it right here, uh, which they've done repeatedly ever since the Texas Tech game. They've kind of signaled their intentions uh, by formation and personnel, uh, but they've got to be uh, very creative. I think Connor Riley needs to be creative in this game. Yeah, absolutely. And I, uh, you know, it's, it's, we, we, haven't got to this but you know he's going to have a lot of kind of different parts to work with there have been mm-hmm. a lot of exits on that side of the ball um so i i mean i think that that probably helps some probably hurts some it just kind of depends uh i don't know i'm connor riley has been kind of the the, the gold standards of, of k-state assistance since he, yeah. he got here i mean he's just been mm-hmm. uh so solid in, in in doing his job um I, I i'm very curious to see how that translates to calling plays being up in the box uh kind of doing doing this whole other aspect of the job i believe that he can do it i you know I, he's a smart guy um but we're, we're just not going to know until until we know and i i think that if you know, Kleiman, Kleiman's not just going to put anyone out there. Yeah. And so he's going to, you know, he, he trusts, uh, I, I'm sure that he trusts Connor Riley just like he trusted Joe Klanderman to, mm-hmm. to elevate him to defensive coordinator. He saw that in him. Um, the Colin thing, he saw that too, but that was, mm-hmm. you know, he also had had that title for a season, a bad season, but a season. Um, and was more in that spot as, as a quarterback's coach, but I don't, it, it, it's super interesting. Um, and it feels, it feels different than when it was Colin having to go audition, uh, in the Texas bowl against LSU. Yeah. I don't know if it's just because of it. He was the quarterback's coach and that was, it was, it seemed more easy to transition that way, but it, it's, it's, it's interesting. And I, I I'm, I'm excited to see it. I really am. Yep, I agree. I agree. It's going to be uh, very interesting. Pop-Tarts Bowl, Kansas State, North Carolina State, December 28th in Orlando. Um, and we've got uh, uh, someone access the Super Chat uh, to to pay $5 ask a question that I don't have an answer for. Uh, I just, I'm checking with someone in athletics and they responded, we have a bowl game? You, you know, because there's so much other stuff going on. Uh, I will be interested, Canelio, to see how ticket sales are for the bowl game. This is a long journey. If you're driving, it's an expensive journey. If you're flying, um, you, know, you know, I've I've looked at uh, trying to, like, steal a plane uh, uh, and fly it myself. There's some problems with that plan, uh, so I've abandoned that plan. Uh, I've also considered hitchhiking um, because who doesn't want to pick up a all 280 pound man along the side of the road um i mean yeah not a lot of people going from driving from manhattan to orlando just random people though yeah. i'm guessing yeah. not i'm guessing well, no, you'd have to hitchhike a few times you have to go from yeah. maybe right. Manhattan. yeah i was gonna say yeah there you go glenn that's how we do it that's that's how us free spirits do it still waiting for me to to drive with him to the game i never did get an answer from brian I've, the car is full I got of a cold. gas. I, got I, a cold. I can't make it. The right yeah. side is is empty for your uh, luggage. I'm just waiting. No, I'm. Yeah. A, I actually am flying. I'll be there, but I I actually am flying now. All right. They, they let you fly. Yeah. Man, yeah. that's just a shame. 
<laughs> That's a shame. Um, yeah, Zach Carlson and Cole Carmody will have the coverage from Orlando for us. I'll be back here. And if you uh, caught the Fitz cast, love the name. Isn't that, it's all about me, man. It's just all <laughs> ego. Uh, there's too many other letters in there after Fitz. It should be Fitz. I don't know. Um, but uh, if you caught the Fitz cast, that was actually a uh, test run. We will be doing that for the bowl game. Since I'll be in studio, we'll do that from the bowl game and uh, and have a little fun with that. Um, and we'll get into that matchup probably closer to the game. Uh, but I'm I'm intrigued to see how they piece this together. I mean, guys, whoever wants to talk, address this, I mean, you lose a bunch of players on your roster. Maybe they weren't going to start, but they certainly were depth, and they certainly were going to be special teams players. It's going to get a little tight. I mean, trying to keep guys healthy and fresh in this game because you're going to have a lot of frontline guys out playing special teams because they just don't have enough dudes. I'm a little terrified of that. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's going to look a lot different, which could be good or bad, right? It could be what K-State saw maybe in LSU a couple years ago, although it won't be to that extent, obviously. I think LSU had like a wide-out playing quarterback or something. Yeah, But it's not going to look like that, but it is going to look different, and and I think – the glass half full view is, oh, we get to see all these promising, these freshmen and the guys who are going to be back next year. It's going to be a, a little preview for the fun 2024 season. The glass half empty view is like, these guys haven't played any snaps. Yep. Like, who are we sure we can handle this? And so it could go very well. It could go very poorly. Not to go back to what we're talking about, but on the Connor Riley thing, I think that he'll have the guys ready to play. I agree. K-State had how many sixth-year offensive linemen seniors come back for another year? because they love each other, but because they love – those guys love oh. Connor Riley. There will be no shortage of motivation. I, if he can translate his m- – motivation sounds too cliche, but the way that he prepares his guys and the way that he gets his group that tight-knit to the whole offense, that can be a thing of, of beauty. Now, that doesn't matter if you don't have the right call on third and five, right? right. That You can motivate them all right, but if you don't have the right call play calls, it doesn't matter. But I think it's going to be interesting to see. We're going to – now but we're going to see a different guy behind DJ Giddens. We're going to see a few different guys at wide receiver. Uh, the defensive back spot might look different. And so, and a new defensive end will be out there with Nate Matlack. And so, yeah, it. I'll choose the glass half full route of, of uh, yeah, all these young guys are going to play awesome, and then we're going to be so pumped for 2024, and we're just going to hope that nothing besides that happens. I agree. I agree. I think it's a – it's a, a case where we should just all be excited. I know that fans get upset and nervous about people leaving and the transfer portal and all that kind of stuff, but this is a bowl game where I just think, hey, we're going to Florida. We've never been to a bowl game in Florida. That's number one, so that's a positive. Number two, we get to see all these guys play, all these new guys play. I know guys leave, but if you just embrace what's going on, whether we like it or not, it's, it's here. It's not changing. It's not going anywhere. So you just got to embrace it, not to mention the transfer portal, if we're looking at it, has been better for K-State than it has been bad for K-State. That's the one thing that we have to look at. Look, I know a lot of years, or this is the first year we've lost a ton of guys, and I tried to explain it to people. They're like, what's going on at K-State? I'm like, if K-State's going to the Sugar Bowl, all these guys aren't leaving until after that or maybe in the spring, and we're not even hearing about this. But because it's not the Sugar Bowl, guys left early. It is what it is. A lot of teams. I mean, you know, G- Georgia has people leaving. Texas, who's in the playoff, has people that are in the transfer portal. So we just got to we got to understand that that's just what this is. 
The program isn't shutting down or anything like that. And this is actually an exciting time because I, I trust the coaches to go out there and get guys, number one, in the portal, but also trust them to have their team ready to play in this bowl game. Yeah, and I think the, to the average fan out there, and I'm not insulting that average fan, but you, you look at it just from bird's eye view and you say, why are all these guys leaving? What's wrong with K-State that they don't want to be there anymore? First of all, the transfer portal goes two-way. Let's remember that. Yes, it um, does. And in times there might be benefits where coaches can say, so where do you think you'll play next year? Yes. <laughs> um, but also, let's look at the guys who are transferring, right? We, I, I talked last week about there's very, very few select guys that I would be worried or concerned if, if they left. You've had very few starters transfer, right? Like Will Howard, Nate Matlack, Will Lee, those guys are going to go to Power Five programs, and it, that might be it. I don't know. You can. I think when you see maybe the destinations that some of these guys go to, um, you're going to be like, "Oh, wait, there's a reason that K State was okay with with letting him transfer." Yes, yes, and that's a sad thing to say, but it's a reality. Yep. It, it just it is. is a reality. But let's let's cover these. Will Howard wasn't unexpected. Maybe he. I'm going to be honest here. Maybe he got ahead of himself a little bit. Uh, it's not that he played poorly against um, Iowa State, but it's now turned out much of the locker room knew he was transferring yep. uh, before kickoff. There's no way that didn't have an impact. Treshawn Ward, um, just he got beat out by DJ Giddens. He thought he was going to wheel in here and just be the guy. Correct. Mm -hmm. uh, little okay State. Uh, I love Treshawn. I thought he was a great player. Yeah. He was nowhere near Deuce Vaughn. That comparison yeah. no. um, was just ridiculous. I, and I Treshawn can go somewhere, I think, and be the guy. Right. Casey had two really good running backs, and Treshawn didn't want to – and I'm not blaming him. He didn't want to split the reps. Yep. Um, Nate Matlack hurt. They wanted him to stay, but he wants to find a four technique. He wants to be in a four-man front or in a traditional three – Three four defense where an outside linebacker is a stand up rush in. Um, so he's that's what he's looking for, and and bless him for that. Now, Kobe Savage isn't in there yet, but we're told he will be. Um, you know, he had no intention of transferring, and then I think the family was made aware of great NIL offers, which shouldn't happen, mm -hmm. but it happens. Um, so I'm there's you know, RJ Garcia hit the portal. He lost the space. He just did. Yeah, he did. He, he not only slipped down the depth chart, he wasn't going to climb back up. Nope. I mean, yeah. Jace yeah, Brown yeah. has I that think, spot. I think he had four catches in the last nine weeks. Yeah. And they were going to recruit over him and bring people in in the transfer portal over him anyway. So uh, I that predict, was going to happen. I predict South Florida on him. I just do. Go back home. Correct. Uh, play for the Bulls. I, th I think it would be a good idea. This I is the Insiders. Have. We're at 502 waiting. Um, and I know what you're waiting for. So let's park our mini break right here. We'll be back to talk about Naquan Tama, Jerome Tang, and President Richard Linton and Gene Taylor's future at Kansas State. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, 
eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Welcome back to the Insiders. Tim Fitzgerald, Glenn, Glenn Kenley, Tim Everson, and my guy, Big B, Brian Hanley. Um, who's gone green today? He sold out. <laughs> He's all about the green. Okay, guys, I I, I really... And I, I'm going to tell everyone this, uh, to be honest, I've not planned anything in particular to talk about when we're just going to talk about this situation. Uh, and I became, unfortunately, a big part of it when I, I broke the story behind our paywall to my subscribers that President Linton had involved himself in this after telling everyone that, you know, it was an athletic decision. He had stepped in and it, and the reasons for that remain a little bit unclear. But let me lay out some facts. Aquan Tomlin was involved in an incident at Tubby's Bar in Aggieville towards closing time two days following his reinstatement to the team for another issue, which honestly, guys, I thought was NCAA-related until this last week when I found out it was another uh, issue involving, you know, some kind of scuffle with and maybe female battery of, you know, but no charges were ever filed in that. In speaking to the Manhattan police, one of my colleagues discovered that uh, there is video evidence and eyewitness evidence uh, testimony from the incident in Aggieville, and there was no evidence to support a domestic violence charge. They, they, his girlfriend did hit the ground. She was uninjured. They, no noses were broken. No bones were broken. Uh, no facial damage. She ended up on the ground during the scuffle between him and uh, the bouncers that were trying to get him out and how that escalated. I'm not sure, but there are also reports that the N word was used in his direction, um, which, um, I thought we were past that, but okay, we're going to go there. Um, so now we go back to the previous thing. Uh, was this domestic violence? Well, again, there's no record of this. It might've happened on campus. Maybe there is a police report on campus, but I ask this, why is this an issue now when he had been cleared to play? Exactly. Um, I, I don't understand why the pre- unless there's a third incident, what is the president hinting at by bringing up Title IX, um, which is wrapped into this because now Title IX is used for um, purposes of protecting women on campus, which I don't think was the, the initial purpose of the Title IX. Um, you know, it was equality and of opportunity in sports is what it was about. Uh, so um, he keeps referring to that. And it's a situation that everyone until about a week ago thought was settled. That that wasn't an issue. I mean, it, OK, so now we have two issues here and only one actual charge of of disorderly conduct out of it. Um, so the other question I have is if there was an ongoing investigation that led to his, um, you know, as they said in Gene Taylor's statement that I don't believe Gene Taylor wrote, um, but had to attach his name to it. That's my personal belief. I have not spoken to Gene about this because of everything else I'm going to talk about. Um, that, you know, that statement uh, brings these things back up. And I question this. Well, if the investigation was ongoing, then why did you conclude he needed to be off the team? 
I mean, if you're still investigating, why did you come to a conclusion? It didn't make sense to me at all. Um, but uh, I have written a letter to the president of the Kansas Board of Regents outlining my belief that President Lynn's health might be involved in this. And I've shared my personal journey and the stuff I've been through. Radiation changes your body forever. Treatments change your outlook on life. The presence of cancer is unsettling and unnerving and uh, can cause you to, you know, act differently. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. But he was uh, unhealthy enough to not go to graduation, which I think is a core function of a university president. After all, that's what the purpose of the university is. If you can't go to the graduation, the very culmination of everything these students are working for, you you might be um, you might not be able to fulfill the duties of your job because I feel like that's pretty core to to that. Um, so here we are. Um, I did reporting. My name has come up repeatedly from sources that have called me and said, "Be careful, be careful." They're threatening to fire Gene, and you're you're part of the quote problem. I'm not going along. Um, people don't make those threats if you're wrong. They laugh at you. They don't search for your sources if you're wrong. Um, why would they bother? Um, and so now they've started to hold hostage someone that was never a source on this issue to me. Um, and my only my sources aren't only concentrated in athletics. I've been in Manhattan, Kansas for 25 years. I've met a lot of people um, and a lot of people that trust me. This situation, um, despite the out thought of some outsiders who don't really know the facts, your hospital bed looks great, by the way. Um, it uh, it escalated because of the actions of the president. There was a shouting match probably prior to the Villanova game. Following the Villanova game, uh, he was horrified that the spectacle embarrassed him. Um, that being Naquan Tomlin being included in team in the team, because remember he hadn't been he's not allowed to play, but he hadn't been kicked off the team, right. so he was still with his teammates, and he went to the went to the student section uh, to protest or to celebrate. He then showed up at the protest at one of the protests uh, with a teammate. And look, you I'm sorry, you can't punish him for that necessarily because its there's some free speech things going on here. There's also some freedom of the press things where you're trying to quiet the media. Um, but that's where I'm at with this. I'm very frustrated. I'm sick to my stomach. I can't believe my, my accurate reporting has led to the possibility of a really good man getting fired. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I'm not going to stand for this shit. Uh, I don't care if he's the president of the university. Um, I don't work for him. And the fact that he's trying to influence the media in this manner is grotesque. And ordering someone to break up a, a peaceful protest on state property is also a problem for me um, as a First Amendment um, you know, violation, trying to intrude on their ability to peacefully protest. So I don't know who wants to talk, who wants to take it. Tim, I know you're doing your own reporting on this, but... Um, one of you can roll. It's been tough, right? I mean, it's, I mean, it's been, it, it's crazy to think about the fact that a week ago, uh, we were talking about the bowl game. We were talking about the Villanova game coming up and, uh, you know, the Colin Klein stuff hadn't happened. The Naquan, that, what this has spun into had, has, hadn't really happened. And so it was a very long week for a lot of people. Um, last week, which is why whenever in the first half, whenever we were, were praising the team for uh, for what they did in, in Baton Rouge. I mean, mm -hmm. it's uh, for as long as it was for me, 
I can't imagine being someone more on the inside that, that, that has had to deal with this. I think that it's, it's, it's very fair uh, to want more transparency with, with all of this. I think that there has been a lot of, uh, now I'm trying to think about how I want to phrase this. <laughs> uh, the way that this has been handled has left a lot to be desired, in, 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 in my opinion. We'll, we'll start with Gene Taylor's original statement, which uh, I, I, while I, I don't want to say full out that I think he didn't write it, 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 and I said this in a column that came out in the Mercury last week. It did not. It, it did not remind me of other statements that, that Gene Taylor has put out. It wasn't at all. It sounded, that wasn't, that wasn't it sounded very weird to me. Um, I, I, I joked about this. It sounded like a hostage video. Mm -hmm. it, 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 it was off for me. But even just the, just the fact of at the bottom of that statement saying that there would be no more statements and then the flood of so many so many more statements whether it yeah. be tank's statement which was i think the only good statement uh right. that, that came from this um and then linton's odd letter which which revealed that this was not only because of what happened in aggieville and this was right. not only and this was a Title IX situation, and the rest of it was mostly. I think that comes as a surprise to everyone yeah. else on campus. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So I mean, with 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 kind of the uh, the environment that we're in now, it's it's tough because this is just going to kind of hang over this team, and and, and until okay. there's some kind of resolution met and if that resolution goes a certain way if certain people are uh kind of swept up in that resolution it's going to get a whole lot worse mm -hmm. um and so i i feel like i'm, I'm kind of blabbering at this point but I, I it's 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 been a it's been a weird week it's been a weird weird week yeah I think a couple a couple things and I'm going to try to be very, very careful with kind of what I say, because I, there's so much out there right now. But um, Lynn's letter confirms, you know, what everyone had believed, which was that he was involved in the decision to remove him from the team. Um, and he kind of, in a lot of words, tried to justify why he was involved in the decision. And I would just say this, maybe just my two cents. It seems like, from my understanding, Jerome Tang has a some pretty good morals like Jerome Tang is ethically pretty sound. Yep. And I say that to say, <laughs> I would understand it more if a president stepped in when a coach had, you know, said, said something offensive in a presser and then had a player get arrested and then had this player commit this crime and then had fired one of his coaches for no reason. And then one of his coaches got a DUI and, and X, Y, Z and the president saying, I must step in. Right. In this instance, it feels like I've always understood. I'm a man of faith myself. And I, Jerome Tang cares a lot about his faith. And I think that guides most of his decision-making. And I've always thought most of his decisions I don't want to say all oh, because I don't know everything that Jerome Tang's ever done. 
uh, most of his decisions, at, at least that I've seen since coming to Kansas State, have been pretty sound and have been pretty thoughtful. He, I, you know, have been pretty intentional. Um, so it was weird for me to see a to see his um, control, I guess you could say, be. I don't want to say taken away, but to see someone else take control of a decision and decide that he couldn't make that decision. That, that was odd to me. I'm not saying it was wrong. We don't, I don't know what this second incident is that it wasn't just because of the arrest in Aggieville. So I don't know what the second thing was. Maybe it was something insane. And then we're, I, we could look silly for questioning why he removed him from the team. I don't know. The second thing I'll say is Jerome Tang's video, from my perspective, just kind of almost calmed the waters, right? And uh, we had a reporter over there tracking this story, that video of Tang coming to the protest and telling the students, let's spread love instead, and saying, hey, you don't have to protest here. It's okay. We're going to be okay. Let's move on. Let's on to the next, I think, were their words. And then that night he puts out, he put out a video that's almost, in my, in my from my perspective, almost called the dogs off and said, hey, hey back off it's we're gonna be okay you don't you don't have to do this and then all was well for oh about 13 hours and then we got the letter and i'm not even going to comment on whether or not the letter was what was in the letter if i i'm not saying what he needed to do i'm saying if i were him i would have been like thank you and now i'm going to be quiet because jerome tang just calmed the storm and i think that the letter immediately he relit up the storm. He yeah. relit the fire. Yeah. Now, let me back up here. I want to address a few things in the chat. Mm. Um, let me see. Uh, Seth, it is not our duty as members of the media to make sure everything is pink, keen, and peachy. That's not what we're doing here. Absolutely. If, if there are issues, we will put light on it. Uh, shame on you, man. Sh uh, yeah. Oh, let me look the other way, and the problem goes away. It doesn't. That's, Shame not, on you. that's not how journalism works. No, Absolutely. that's not at all. And here's another one. Uh, hold on. Uh, nope. Hold on. Where is it? Uh, yep. Here we go. Here we go. Sorry about that. Where? Why did you? Who would you hear this from? Tell us who your sources are. Are you freaking kidding me, man? I just talked about how they're trying to fire someone who wasn't a source of mine, and you're in here wanting to know who my sources are. Are you kidding? That's journalism 101. Are, are you kidding, man? <laughs> K-State faithful. You changed your name to K-State, blindly loyal to leadership and licking boots. My sources. Good God. I haven't revealed my sources from the Patterson fiasco. I took all that heat. God, mighty people. Knowing what's going on on campus is not the problem. The media hasn't caused this. The basketball staff hasn't caused this. Nope. Someone asked who the shouting match was. It was in the locker room. The president is in the locker room shouting at the head basketball coach who's shouting back. I imagine, get out of my damn locker room. We got a basketball game to play. And let me let me add this. I Again, I've been in Manhattan for 25 years. I know a lot of people. And a lot of people have been texting and are in my DMs. This shit's been going on on campus, and we didn't know about it. Why? Because nobody, it, nobody, it wasn't visible. He's fired a number of people on campus. He had a provost that was brought here because of his connections to Embath. Just immediately resigns. They didn't look into this. 
I don't want the Board of Regents to fire this man. I, I want to find out what's going on with him. I mean, is he really a guy that was hired by Carl Ice to be the hatchet man? Carl Ice, who sided with him on this. So is he doing exactly what Carl wanted? I, I don't quite understand. The Board of Regents needs to dig into this. They're meeting Tuesday and Wednesday in Topeka. It's a previously scheduled uh, event. They have a, an agenda. I hope they go into executive session at some point. I hope they do. They, yeah. This needs to be discussed. This yeah. is a major problem. Yeah. Do you know how hard it is for a school like, such as Kansas State? You know, bottom half budget in Power Five. Probably bottom third, maybe. To be successful in football, basketball, mm-hmm. and throw in volleyball and women's basketball. Mm-hmm. We were heading into a renaissance era of K-State yeah. Athletics mm-hmm. and the campus. Applications are on the rise. Not because of Richard Linton, and really not because of Chris Kleiman, because of Jerome Tang. Not just because he won a few basketball games, but the goodness he spreads. Mm-hmm. And let me clarify this. He's a man of God. Don't make the mistake of thinking a man of God is instantly weak. I yes. forgive you for your sins. Yes, That's not how it works. Jerome Tang is, is a loving parent to these players. Yeah. Sometimes your players need to be scolded, grounded, sat out. Uh, you know, talked strongly to. He doesn't curse, so I can't say that. Um, but sometimes that is needed. Love can be punishment. Right. He's not soft in any way. The magical thing about him is he demands the very best from yeah. everyone around him. Goodness and excellence are his his goals. And whether you're a player, uh, a student in the stands, he's asking, please represent your university better. Right. People respond to him. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm, I'm. This wasn't necessary. I don't I don't want to I don't want to speak for fans real quick, but I do just want to say because I'm I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the chat. Seth, Seth, we 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 understand that that you what you said was was taken wrong. You, you were not saying that the media was causing the unrest that Linton was causing the unrest. It's okay. yeah. Okay, <laughs> I apologize, but in some right. ways. The only way it will calm down is if we just shut up and go along. Correct. And 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 let me point out, that's exactly what Jerome Tang did the other day. With telling the protesters to go home, he was ordered to do so. Making the video, he was ordered to do so, but didn't stick to the script. He did it in his own voice, in his own words. And that apparently yeah. was a problem. The, everyone received the video wonderfully. Right. And it was fine. But the reason we got the letter, the thing from Richard Linton was he didn't say what I wanted him to say. Correct. Just pulling the puppet strings. Man, it's, I've, I've never been around leadership like this, and I don't react well to it. Well, I have been. It used to be in the athletic department. Now it's in, in Anderson Hall, which is a problem only the Kansas Board of Regents can address. Well, you know, you know, I've, I've done – you know, the post-game podcast, and now we're doing the Insiders, and I've done this. This is our fourth year, Fitz, of me and you working together, and I am about as straightforward, just I wear my heart on my sleeve, and I'm going to tell you what I think. That's just how I was raised. That's just how I am because I just believe, hey, hey, I'm about as transparent as possible, and I love your passion about the situation because I am too. 
And and when I, I, I found out about the information or basically read the letter and then I dug in a little bit and they're like, well, there was another incident on campus and he possibly hit a girl. And I'm like, first off, my philosophy on any domestic violence is I don't care if you did it, you're gone. I have no sympathy for you. That's my first because I have a mother. I have a wife. Mm-hmm. I have friends. And I'm not saying your life should be over. I, I believe people can change, but you got to change somewhere else. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's just the way that I feel. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I really don't care. But that's the first thing. So if he really did that, then he would have been gone. I have no question. There is no doubt in my mind that he would not have been at the university or Kansas State University any longer. He wouldn't have been. But if we're saying that, okay, well, he did that. And then we're going to get away for him to get back. We're going to let him get back. Okay. Well, then what happened? Well, then yeah. he gets into a bar, a bar fight when like I, I, I and I promote, I, I put a video out saying, well, if, what if he was pro- provoked and what if he was called something that he shouldn't have been called? Well, all bets are off because I don't care. And, and I can speak as a person of color. If somebody says that to me, mm-hmm. I don't care what microscope I'm under, I, I literally don't care. I'm not going to be disrespected that way. And nobody should be disrespected that way, you know? No. It, 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 and so it doesn't really matter whether I'm a person of color or not. I would suspect my friends that are not, they'd be, and I, I don't only have to worry about that because they they would be right there with me defending me. Yeah, so, you, you'd, you'd probably yeah, have to pull me off. Yeah, it, it's just, so I know people that get frustrated by this. So I, I'm just... I just have a hard time believing that he, if, if he really did hit someone, a female, then why was he still allowed around? Why was he still on the team? He why was there a way back? He would not have been. He wouldn't have been. And for a university president to throw that out there, basically to try to smear this guy's name just so he can look right in the decision that he made, I find it utterly disgusting that a man would do that. And I don't, the guy's a kid. So for you to do that to a kid is absolutely disgusting in my mind. I don't, Fitz said he doesn't want him fired. I don't necessarily know that I want him fired. I could care less if he was the president at K-State because if he left six months from now, nobody would even know who he was. Nobody would know who he was. Nobody would care who he was is the better question. And I feel bad for everybody involved. Uh, that didn't have that's look, I went to K-State. I, you know how many bar fights that we got in, 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 as football players that nobody even knew about that. every If we would have had cell phones back then, everybody would have known about it. That's the difference. You know, so it, 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 to me, to, to kick a kid off for a bar fight is absolutely ridiculous. He sat out, he did his time, he worked his way back, but because people won't do the things the way that you want them done, well, then why do you have them in that position if that's what you right. really believe? Why are they in that position? It's crazy to me. Hey, Glenn, and I'm sorry for the rant. I apologize. Hold on. No, Let me, I didn't mean to cut you off, Brian. Let me circle back to this. Seth, I apologize if I mistook your comment, but it's a comment that I've been getting a lot of, that I've caused this, that I've made this up. I don't know why I would. Things are going perfectly for K-State Athletics, so the guy who makes his living covering K-State Athletics decided to destroy it. It doesn't make sense, but yeah, I apologize that 
It sure sounded like you were saying what others have said. A um, lot of comments here. Glenn, did you have something to talk about? I'll yeah, I, I guess I was going to say my, my biggest question is this. And I guess I'm wondering what changed in the span of 24 hours. In 24 hours, he went from celebrating in the student section with his team, sitting on the bench with them, in the locker room with them, to remove from the team. And I guess my my only thought process is, is I don't know how two things can be true at once. Either this issue was so serious and was so bad and, and he did something so wrong to be kicked off the team. If that's true, how was it so not a big enough deal for him to not be on the bench, right? So yeah. it, it wasn't that big of a deal. Let's have him on the bench, but it is a big enough deal to remove him from the team. I don't know what changed in that 24 hours, right? Well, let me clarify. Except for the fact that now people were on President Linton's lawn. That that's and unless that's, that's why it happened. Unless <laughs> President Linton decided that Naquan Tomlin and I want to be make sure we are understanding how this happened. That the fact that he drove by and I think he stopped and I said hi and talked to the students who were there. The fact that, that maybe maybe that was what he decided was the last straw. I don't know, but to me, that's the only thing that changed in the 24 hours. The students were on his lawn, and Naquan stopped by. I want to again. I, that's why I clarify that he drove by because he he wasn't picketing out there. He didn't even get out of the car. But those are the only things that happened in the 24 hours. And there was a free Quan chant from the student section. The, those are the three things: the free Quan chant, the protest, and Naquan driving by the protest. Okay, let me let me back up here and clarify something on what you mentioned there, Glenn. Yes, he was still part of the team, but mm -hmm. President Linton didn't want him anywhere near the team. Even though he's part of the team, he didn't want him being on the bench, being at practice, hanging around with his friends, having the guidance of the coaches who brought him here. And Jerome Tang um, absolutely refused to cut a kid loose. You know, he, he, he was going to, even if he was going to be off the team, even if this turned out to be true, Jerome Tang's not going to cut a person loose. He's going to make sure that, they get the help they need to. They get the destination they need to. He's not just going to cut people off. That's not who, not who he is. Oh, also, this is a really good point. Purple Freak, is there any chance that you don't know the entire situation, that there may well be something that is involved here whomever sources have not revealed? Well, not revealed uh, isn't accurate. They don't know it if there is something, if there's like a third incident. Because keep in mind, as I mentioned earlier, he was cleared of the first incident. There's no police report we can find. There's no charges that were ever filed. So, I mean, there's there's an allegation, there's a charge, and then there's a, a resolution, whether it's conviction or not guilty. Usually we wait for the resolution, but at the very least we wait for a charge of some sort. There was nothing in, the, in that first case. Now, you're right. There might be something out there. Uh, a third mysterious thing, but I don't think anyone in basketball, nobody on campus seems to know it. Um, so I, I, I'm sorry. I, it's, it's my belief that he dug that previous thing up to bolster his own argument and, and started throwing it in there with these vague things. And then using uh, Tomlin's own FERPA protections, his privacy protections, federally mandated to dance around it. He used them against Naquan. Well, there's something more we know. I can't say it because it's because it's protecting him. And you just absolutely painted him with a scarlet letter. Yeah. And perhaps the biggest, I guess, irony here to me is I uh, 
went back through and I recalled doing an interview with President Linton in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina for the first and second round of the NCAA tournament. There was a K-State a pep rally or a fan meetup or a watch party, whatever you want to call it, in Greensboro pregame. And I interviewed President Linton, and this is, I think, after K-State had won their first game, but before the second game, or maybe even before the first game, I, I don't remember for sure, in that weekend of the first round of the NCAA tournament. And he told me that Jerome Tang, he, taught, he said, has transformed Kansas State University. And I said, he's transformed Kansas State basketball. He goes, no, he's transformed Kansas State University because it's so much bigger than basketball. And then I guess the irony here, and I don't know all the facts, and Vince, you, you know a lot more than me on this topic, but the irony here is if this stuff is true, it it almost is as if Jerome Tang is trying to make a decision that is bigger than basketball. You know, you're talking about the development of a young man and quite frankly, maybe a young man who you didn't want to take away basketball from. Right. Because maybe basketball w was a big part of his life and was, in, you know, he needed basketball in some ways. I could be wrong. And he makes a decision that's bigger than basketball, which is what we said was so great about him that transformed the university. And now what we're. I don't now that we're not happy about. So that, that's yeah. where it's ironic to me if, and again, I, I don't know. There could be, again, the facts could come out from this in five years and it could be like, oh, thank goodness he kicked him off the team. I don't know, but. I mean, you know what? At the end of the day, um, it's really about how it was handled. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, um, they had agreed uh, to let athletics handle this and then suddenly he took over. Um, they had agreed to wait um, on any kind of resolution until after Naquan had gone through graduation. Yeah, yeah, Jerome Ting wanted him back on the team. Hell, he's a future NBA player in all, all likelihood. Of course you'd want him back on the team, but his real concern here was Naquan was about to become the first person in his family to ever graduate college. Right. And as the son of someone who was the first person to ever graduate college in his family, it changed the entire family forever. It's an enormous thing to go from being the grandson of an Oklahoma oil field worker to the son of a Northwestern graduate. It changed everything. He had to go to the army to pay for college. And then all of us now have done it. It's enormous for Naquan's future family, whether it's his children or his children's children. They wanted to get him there. And what's the president do? He stops that and says, no, I'm going to do it right now, a couple days before graduation. A graduation he was too tired to attend. What makes this even crazier um, is, you know, who has zero problem with anything that Naquan has done. That's the coaches. The coaches at Memphis, the coaches at Kansas, the coaches at West Virginia, Oklahoma State. Uh, you know, there is a very real possibility, depending on how things go, uh, that Naquan Tomlin will be playing in Brentwood right. Coliseum sometime soon. He's eligible. But it will, it but it will not, he is one hundred percent eligible. But it will not be in a K State jersey. <laughs> he would. It could be in a KU jersey. It could be in a West Virginia jersey. It could be in an Oklahoma State jersey. In the absolute, you know what storm? I'm I'm betting right. he goes to Memphis. That seems like it would be a good fit. Well, there's been a number floated as a possible NIL deal that will make your eyes pop out for half FedEx. a season. FedEx money. 
yeah, they're going to deliver it in a FedEx package. It's going to be a big one. <laughs> a FedEx truck. <laughs> My goodness. Um, but this is the great irony. This is how perturbed K-State fans have become. We've gone over our hour. I've broken my promise never to go over an hour. Here's how perturbed K-State fans have become. If he came back wearing a KU uniform, he would be applauded. Mm-hmm. People would actually be happy for him. And I'm going to say something to piss off K-Staters. Bill Self will protect him. We'll take care of him. Did they leave lead a bunch of Saints over there? No, of course not. But they ain't kicking off players for bar fights in Lawrence. No. That's no. not a shot at Tang. That is just the level mm. of power that Bill Self has. The number one thing Tang. Jerome Tang wants at this point is Quan find someplace safe mm-hmm. where he's going to be taken care of, not taken advantage of, mm-hmm. where he's going to be important and part of a family, whether that's Memphis, Kansas, West Virginia, Providence. They all want him. Yeah. They all want him. They And believe me, if they want him, they have talked to someone on that basketball staff and said, give me everything going on, and right. they have all the facts. Yeah, they, they have people, all the information. People talk. People talk for sure. My first thought with this was, was is Jerome, Jerome Hang, that's plenty of coaches, friend, coaching friends in the business. You know, I thought, was he going to call a former coworker in Grandma Castlin at Tech or, or even in Scott Drew at Baylor and say, hey, hey, it's out of my control at this point. But I can tell you he's a good kid. I can tell you he's a stud. And, you know, was he going to go to one of those places? So, yeah, co- coaches talk. The idea I, – I don't I, I don't think that, you know, another school is going to take him and be like, oh, hopefully he didn't do anything too wrong. Like, oh. you know, that – people share that stuff, especially now that he's off the team. So it's not like a transfer portal where it's like I don't want to tell anybody something because, you know, I, I, I don't want to lose this guy that like he's gone now. So – I don't know. I, I, first off, I want to apologize for to people for being passionate and and upset earlier. That wasn't my intention, um, but I just I I just have a a hard time dealing when kids and and he's a kid when they get railroaded like this. I I don't like when kids are taken advantage of um, in a situation that that didn't have to happen. It, it didn't have to happen, and whatever was going to go on was going to go on. If we, if there was a path for him back or a path for him to graduate and leave peacefully, whatever the case was going to be, then just let that play out and let that be the case. Don't interject yourself and then try to smear the kid because you don't like the publicity that's coming out from your decision that you didn't have to make. That's my only issue. You didn't have to make it. Coach Tang was was very well capable and willing to deal with whatever decision that he was going to make, but it sounds like he wanted to make a decision that, that the president didn't agree with, and then we, it, it just went that route. I just I, I don't have patience for kids being railroaded like that, so I apologize. I want to address this. I So I heard from someone, how is it not hearsay? Bart, I know I know you've been siding with President Linton on this, and uh, that's okay. It was a locker room full of players, staff, everyone that needs to be in the locker room before the game, which doesn't include a university president, was there. Hearsay. How about eyewitness testimony? I mean, if the Board of Regents wants to look into these situations, as long as people know their jobs are protected, that their livelihoods protected, they won't be kicked out of school for Title IX violations that he can't discuss. Um, they'll they'll find out the truth if they want to look. 
but some people don't want anyone looking. They just, they, they don't want to know. I'm, I'm astonished at um, how, how some people have come to these conclusions that all of a sudden Jerome Tang and Gene Taylor are the bad guys. Where in the hell did you ever see any indication that either one was the bad guy? Yeah. Um, again, if, if this is allowed to be completed, Jerome Tang, Jerome Tang's not going to be the coach here next year if this man's the university president. Not everything that's gone down and how this was handled and how abrasive and abusive he's been to his his employees, basically. He's not he's not gonna be here. If Gene Taylor's run off, I hate to tell you this, his best friend's football coach. And if he's shit upon, he'll hit the door. He may not go anywhere. He might just call good. He might say, Okay, you know what? I don't I don't like where college athletics is going. Um I've I've got this money in the bank, I'm leaving. And that bolstered buyout that Kleiman got whenever he got his new contract disappears yes. mm-hmm. when Gene Taylor yeah. is no longer the athletics director. Yep. And Richard yeah. Linton, which is actually I, I wonder I wonder about how he got included in that. Well, because when he got here, he said all the right things. He did all the right things. Mm-hmm. He 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 like Glenn said, he was supportive of college athletics and understood the role as um, of an ability to influence your campus, but also increase enrollment, which was happening. Right. I mean, applications are way up. It's not because Richard Lynn's president. It's because this this look camp this campus looks fun. Right. They're, they're winning. They're having a blast. The student section's amazing in football and basketball. Kids want to be a part of that. And yeah. now it's all threatened. And I don't want you to say, well, Fitz is being used in scare tactics. I'm just telling you what it is. There's no way Jerome Tang stays if he's president next year. There's just not. It's over. It's over. And I don't know who comes in to work for this guy, but it's not going to be a top coach. Mm-mm. I mean, because word gets you, out. It's coaches out. Talk. Yeah, coaches, coaches talk. talk. They, they'll know. Absolutely. They're not coming to work for a president that 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 treats their coach that way. No, mm-hmm. but you you'll get a young up-and-coming guy that hadn't had a job anywhere or isn't as proven and k-state will suffer for that because then it's okay who do you uh, you get a coach here well then who do you get to come play here yeah. that's another thing and, and never, that'll be a problem and that's besides the fact that if jerome tang is if jerome tang leaves town uh i could be wrong but i think donor money goes for basketball goes close to Zero, right? Yes, indeedy. So now you have a new coach coming in with no support from the fans or the donors. Okay, let's let's wrap this up with some really good news. Tay paid two dollars to let us know it went down. Kobe Savage in the transfer portal. I appreciate. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, because I I didn't pick up my phone and I do have texts from my own guys. Um, ah, KC Sports. Look, this is part of the game right now. Um, I. I hope the Savage family uh, reaps the benefits of this. Uh, I know what his NIL offer was at K-State, and so if he can double that or more, yeah, but it, that one hurts. Kobe's a great kid. One of my Team favorite captain. players in a while. Team captain. That's that's the existence of Kansas State right now. Folks, it's not going to get any better. I mean, if there's like a $6 million basement floor to be in uh, this new upper division the NCAA president dreams of, Alabama will have a hundred million a year in that. So it's it's gonna be really difficult. 
We'll find a way. We'll continue to inform you on K-State sports. I hope you've enjoyed the insiders. This one was a doozy. Man, I got all I got all before heated. we close. Before we close, I like the idea of uh, you know, your um your buddy who went into a coma, let's say ten days ago, or or let's even say a month ago, and he says, Oh boy, what bowl game did we get? I'm so excited to see the the plan that Colin Klein dials up for Will Howard. By the way, I saw Kansas State beat LSU and Villanova last week. How many points did Naquan Tomlin have? <laughs> I know. What? It go, back what? go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, 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 just, you don't want to wake up right now. You don't. We appreciate everyone watching. We're at 60% off at Go Powercat right now. Make sure you're subscribing to this YouTube channel. Also, go over and subscribe to Big B Sports. Get that take care of. Uh, Tim Everson has an OnlyFans page. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Glenn Kenley um, does like hospital stuff on the side. He, like, he, he does all kinds of content about hospital food. Um, and uh, the curtains, how the curtains aren't soundproof. Yeah, that, weird... if you guys can find that, subscribe to that. Yep, that's it for the insiders. Come back next week. For a lot of you here, it was kind of fun. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.